back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to get to my preview of the Rams-Seahawks game here in a second. And at the end, we have a hodgepodge of other stuff to share. As you hopefully know, when I do my power rankings, I also tell you which teams can kiss this season goodbye, who we can say, see you next year. Thank you for participating. And I got one more team to add. Already had the Panthers, Bears, Broncos, Cardinals, and Giants in that bucket, as well as the Patriots. And I maybe was a little hasty throwing the Commanders in there, but I did. And there's no retreating from that. I got a new team. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. They are 5-5 five and five in the AFC North. They've already lost two games to the Ravens. They've also lost to the Browns. And they just lost their quarterback, Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, out for the year with a wrist injury. And sadly, yes, we're going to say goodbye to the Cincinnati Bengals until next year. Can't see them clawing their way back into the playoff picture. I know they're still right there with a 5-5 five and five record, but no, it's not happening. Four of their five wins are in the NFC, so their AFC record has already taken a hit. And as I said, last place in the AFC North. Pretty sad. Quarterback position is so important in this league. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, extremely important when your offense is built around a guy like Joe Burrow. Before we get to my preview, I had to share this with you. This was pretty funny. Ross Tucker on Twitter. Imagine waking up from a five-year coma and reading this from Andrew Siciliano. McVeigh says Carson Wentz has done a great job as the scout team Geno Smith this week for the Rams. Yeah, did not see that coming five years ago. So Seahawk week continues here at Rams Up. Got my preview of this week 11 game between the Rams and the Seahawks at SoFi Stadium. Seahawks come in 6-3, and three, the Rams the opposite 3-6. and six. Game history, Seattle leads 27 wins, 25 losses. By my count, Pete Carroll has an 11-12 record versus the Rams. And McVay is 9-5 versus Pete Carroll. The last time they played, well, the 2024 opener, Rams 30, Seahawks 13. Stafford threw for 334 yards. No Cooper Cup in that game, but that was Puka Nakua's coming out party. 10 catches for 119 yards. Kyron Williams ran for two TDs. Rams shut out the Seahawks 23-0 in the second half. Any games that should be mentioned, and I always bring this one up. It's one of my favorite games, that 2017 game in Seattle. Rams 42, Seahawks 7. That was the game Todd Gurley had that 57-yard run just before halftime. And remember, earlier in that year, 2017, the Rams had lost that heartbreaker at the Coliseum. And McVeigh had a little speech before this rematch in Seattle. We know what to do. There's nothing left to say. Let's effing go. And the Rams hammered the Seahawks. 
This game, the odds opened up at Seattle minus two and a half, saw it bumped up to minus three on some sites, down to minus one now. This game is at SoFi, weather will not be a factor, but it will be in the high 60s in Los Angeles. Let's take a snapshot of the Seahawks season. They're six and three. After that opening loss to the Rams, they beat the Lions in overtime, and then they beat the Panthers and the Giants, two bottom dwellers. They lost to the Bengals, and then they beat the Cardinals, another bottom dweller, and followed that with a win over the Browns, got hammered by the Ravens, and beat the Commanders in a very close game in Seattle. They have the 18th ranked offense, a little bit better through the air than on the ground, and the 25th ranked defense, bottom 12 against the run and the pass. And despite their 6-3 and three record, they are actually minus one in point differential on the season. What Seahawk players do we need to talk about? Well, Geno Smith, he had an incredible 2022, completed almost 70% of his passes, has come back to earth a little bit this year, as we expected, completing 65% of his passes. He has a really good receiving core, 11 TDs and 7 interceptions. He has the 17th best QBR in the league. Kenneth Walker leading the rushing attack as a rookie last year, over 1,000 yards with a 46 yards per carry average and nine TDs. This year, his average has dipped 4.1 yards per carry, but he's on track to bust that TD mark. He has six this year. And remember, they drafted Zach Charbonnet, the running back out of UCLA. A lot of Ram fans love this guy. And he's starting to make his mark a little bit, 214 yards rushing. No TDs, but a 5.6 yards per carry average. And this receiving core, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both had over 1,000 yards last year, and they're more or less on track for that again this year. Metcalf, 552 yards, two TDs. Lockett, 494 yards and four TDs. However, he's questionable in this game. Rookie Jackson Smith and Njigba, 325 yards receiving and two TDs. And undrafted rookie Jake Bobo, another UCLA product, he's become a red zone target, two TDs, and on the offensive line, a guy to keep your eye on, Charles Cross, the big left tackle. They have one of the better kicking games in the league, in my opinion, Jason Myers, Michael Dixon, two of the best. And their defense, it's like the sum of the parts doesn't add up. They have a lot of really good players, but just not putting it together on the field. Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner leading the middle of that defense. Rookie Devin Witherspoon, man, he looks really good. Edge rusher Boya Mafe, a second-year player. He has sacks in seven straight games. Tariq Woolen, don't hear much about him this year. He had the six interceptions last year, one this year. But with Witherspoon, really good cornerback pair. And then, of course, Jamal Adams, a couple other guys, really good players. But not overly impressive on defense. And they're led, of course, by Pete Carroll, the old USC coach in his 13th year up there in Seattle. And their offensive coordinator is still Shane Waldron. He spent four seasons with the Rams. Seahawks have been drafting really well. Their 2022 draft worked out pretty good. And the 2023 draft starting to look really good, too. Witherspoon, I already mentioned, and the receiver, Smith and Jigba. Also mentioned Charbonnet already. And then, of course, outside linebacker Derek Hall. What are my fearsome four keys to this game? Well, they need to limit the damage Geno Smith does with his legs, extending plays. 
this is a really good receiving core. Now, if Tyler Lockett can't go, that's a big deal because he always hurts the Rams. Seems like he has big catches late in the game against the Rams every time they play, but still a good receiving core. If Lockett can't go, that's going to be a really big deal. But Geno Smith extending plays, our secondary is not a top-tier unit. They're going to have trouble covering these receivers if Geno Smith is scrambling around out there. Rams have to have a disciplined pass rush. Don't let Geno Smith extend plays or pick up first downs with his legs. Rams have been vulnerable to that all year. Here's some key number two. No free points for the Seahawks, okay? We seem to be in a rut with this all year long. No fumbles or interceptions deep in our own end. Matthew Stafford, no knucklehead plays, please. Ball security will be at a premium. Here's some key number three. The Rams need to play 60 minutes of football. That's something they've struggled with all year. Against the Seahawks and the Cardinals, they blew out the opposition in the second half after really unproductive first halves. And then against some other teams, just nothing happening offensively in the second half. Need to play 60 minutes of football against these Seahawks. And for some key number four, our special teams need to step up. I'm mainly talking about our coverage units. I've given up on our return units. And our young kicker has to come through for us. Still going to be nervous times every time he sets up for a field goal. Lucas Haversick I'm talking about. Not a good situation. I really hate the fact that we don't have a kicker we can have any confidence in. Hey, maybe by the end of this game we will. Talk about some injuries real quick. The Rams getting a little bit healthy. Pukunakua looks like he's good to go. Full participant on Thursday, as was Matthew Stafford. Ernest Jones looking good. We might see a little bit of Hunter Long. Full participant, maybe ready to go, and we get back nose tackle Bobby Brown the third. He will help that run defense in the middle there. Not sure about Rob Havenstein and cornerback Kobe Durant. Lorel Murchison also limited. I'm thinking Havenstein will go. We'll need Kobe Durant with this receiving core, especially if Tyler Lockett goes. Seahawks side, we mentioned Lockett being questionable. Jamal Adams, their safety, also questionable. I think he's just getting some rest, though he should be good to go. And the third cornerback, Trey Brown, also questionable. Final thoughts on this game. Well, the Rams have had two weeks to prepare. The Brett Ripien's intelligence snafu aside, the Rams should have a real advantage preparation-wise, and they come in much healthier than they have been. Sure, it would be nice to have Kyron Williams back. But this Seahawk team is being held up on a higher pedestal than they deserve, in my opinion. They're 6-3. and three. Mention that minus one in point differential. Their opponents have a combined record of 38 wins and 49 losses. Pretty much the opposite of what the Rams have had to deal with. Rams opponents, 47 wins and 37 losses. Three of those Seahawks wins. They beat the Panthers, Giants, and Cards. Keep that in mind. This Seahawks team can be beat, and this is a big game for them. Their next four after this, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers again, and then the Eagles. This very well could be the start of a five-game losing streak for the Seahawks. But even without Kyron Williams, I think the Rams can move the ball on the ground with Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. Having Matthew Stafford back there as opposed to Brett Ripon is a big deal. That's going to help the run game immensely. The Seahawks defense is vulnerable. That run game will open things up for Stafford. 
Pukunakua and Cooper Cup and maybe even Tyler Higby can do some damage here. Higby had been banged up, looks to be healthy again. And maybe even Hunter Long. He's a tight end that can stretch the field a little bit. Don't be surprised if the Rams have something planned for him. This is the start of a possible five-game losing streak for the Seahawks, and I think it's the start of a three-game winning streak for the Rams. They get the first one underneath their belt. Rams 31, Seahawks 17. Some additional news and notes to share with you. The reason I say the Rams are about to go on a three-game winning streak After they take care of the Seahawks, they travel to Arizona. Yeah, they got Kyler Murray back, but the Rams are a much better team than the Cardinals. And then they host the Cleveland Browns, who very likely will be quarterbacked by Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the old UCLA quarterback. And hey, he may have a high upside. Maybe he'll end up being a good quarterback. But I still like my Rams' chances against the Cleveland Browns, led by Thompson-Robinson. Browns apparently working out some veterans, though, including Joe Flacco. So things could change by the time the Browns arrive in Los Angeles. The Browns defense is legit, though. That'll be a challenging game. Then after that, the Rams travel to Baltimore. Then they get the Commanders and Saints at home. And then on to New York to play the Giants. The schedule definitely easing up a little bit for our Los Angeles Rams. 2024 mock drafts are starting to populate across the internet. I'll share a few of them with you. These first three all have the Rams taking a quarterback and an edge rusher. Sports Illustrated. Shadir Sanders in the first round. That's not going to happen way too early for him. Chris Braswell, the edge rusher out of Alabama in the second round. And Josh Newton, a cornerback out of TCU. Tankathon. Dallas Turner, the edge rusher out of Alabama. And then they have Shadur Sanders available in the second round. That makes a lot more sense. And then the cornerback, Chris Abram-Danes. DraftWire has the Rams taking an edge rusher as well. Layatu Latu out of UCLA. Then the quarterback, Quinn Ewers out of Texas. They only went two rounds. CBS Sports just shared the Rams' first round pick, J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle. Joe Alt, by the way, went right before Latham. And Draft Tech had the Rams taking the cornerback, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Now, a couple of problems here. Most of these drafts have the Rams picking 6th or 7th. I don't think that's going to hold. The Rams are going to drop a little bit. They will not be picking in the top 10, in my opinion. And the other thing is, I still see the Rams drafting an offensive tackle early. These offensive tackles at the top of the draft can come in and play right away. The edge rushers, you're never quite sure about that. And there's a bunch of edge rushers available in free agency. Not so much as far as left tackles go. So that's why I think the Rams are going to pursue a proven edge rusher in free agency and then draft an offensive tackle and probably a cornerback as well. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. And I wanted to talk about college football real quickly. You know, most of the Power 5 teams put lightweights on their schedule, but it's usually early in the year, right? I don't think any team that has a shot at the college football playoff should be playing lightweights this late in the year, though. Number four, Florida State taking on North Alabama. And number eight, Alabama playing Chattanooga. Number 13, Ole Miss, by the way, is playing University of Louisiana Monroe. What an advantage this late in the year to be taking on Patsies. 
Now, if Washington knocks off number 11, Oregon State, in Corvallis, and Florida State hammers North Alabama, I certainly hope we wake up early next week and Washington is our new number four team in the college football playoff. Hey, and if you're looking for a fun basketball game, Monday, UCLA and Marquette in the Maui Invitational. That'll be a good one. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.